This is the 404th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, the podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that gives you everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. I'm D. Orlando Ledbetter, the Falcons beat reporter for the AJC, and in today's episode, we're going to preview training camp 2023. The Falcons rookies reported today with no media access. And the veterans will report next Tuesday when media access will start as the Falcons set out to try to end a five-year consecutive losing streak. They have not had a winning record in the last five seasons. So, you know, we're going to preview training camp with as much anticipated uh, a revamped roster and a lot of new players coming to the Atlanta Falcons this year. There's a lot of projections that think they can return to the playoffs, but some of the rankings uh, tend to think that they may not. So we think the subtitle here for today is, Are Some People Sleeping on the Falcons? If you're listening to us for the first time, please make sure to follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Bowtie Chronicles from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we're back here with the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, and uh, we're going to, you know, title this one a preview of training camp. And we have a breakdown here of the teams that are reporting this week and then the veterans coming in later. There are nine teams that where the veterans and the rookies come in together. That's uh, Arizona, Dallas, Houston, Indy, L.A. Rams, Jets, Eagles, Steelers and Seahawks. The last team to report will be the Steelers on the 26th. Most teams will report on the 25th. And uh, the Jets both report on the 19th. So that's tomorrow. So the Aaron Rodgers mania will start uh, tomorrow. Now the rest of the teams, 23, including the Falcons, have the rookies reporting on either the 18th, 22nd, 19th, 18th for the Chiefs. And the L.A. Chargers and Miami Dolphins, Saints, Giants, 49ers, 24th for Tampa. And then Tennessee on twenty the 22nd and Washington football uh, commanders on the 21st. So we're kind of monitoring uh, which teams are having access for the rookies and which are not. You know, we know in the digital era, you know, you need more access, not less. So we'll be trying to, you know, fight and get some better access for these early rookie reporting 
periods. And including that, well, luckily we got out and got uh, a chance to um, talk to B. John Robinson before he, you know, was ready to go to camp. He was doing a, a clinic here in town with the uh, Mercedes-Benz group and the YMCA. Uh, invited us out and we got a one-on-one chat with the rookie just to kind of, you know, get his feel for, um, you know, camp. Also, his community service he was doing and uh, where his mindset is at with the expectations that are being placed upon him as the eighth overall pick in the draft. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't ask him about the running back market. And the fact that, you know, folks are getting the franchise tags and, and what's happened to, with Saquon Barkley and uh, Josh um, Josh uh, out with the Raiders. So, you know, we didn't get that, but that's certainly something that's going to be important in his future. But for now, we felt important to felt that it was important to get his state of mind, you know, heading into his first rookie camp. So here's what Bijan Robinson had to say during an interview with him uh, last week before he, you know, reported to camp here on Tuesday. Here's Bijan Robinson. I heard your connection to the YMCA. You said you went there as a youth, and yeah. how does it feel to be giving back to the kids today? Oh, I mean, it feels it's, it's just such a blessing, man. And to know that God is able to let me do this for kids and so many things, you know, Mercedes, I think it's just such a good deal to, you know, give myself to them and to understand, you know, their perspective of things and letting this, letting them just come out here and just have fun and not think about any other things that might be going on, but let them just clear their minds and, and understand that, you know, I'm out here as a friend. Uh, yeah, I might be like some, all the kids say I'm their favorite player, but I don't want them to look at, look at me as their favorite player, but like as an actual friend. And it's a mentor yeah, for them to, when to really I look up to. Yeah. And what was the funnest part of it? Uh, bike helmet stuff or over here? Uh, I like the uh, the life jackets. Like, okay. that was, obviously, like every part was like super fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and these kids didn't know every single thing and every single station that that's out here. But you know, I think that you know kids love to swim. And me, when I was a kid, I almost almost drowned. So letting them know, you know, it, it's important to have a life life jacket. That's really important, and that's really good to know that early. How, um, how was? How did you almost drown? What age was that? Yeah, I was a uh, five years old. Oh, wow. Yeah, five years old. I was young. Didn't know how to swim. Didn't. Then you eventually learned. I learned. Yeah. At the Y. Or not? I actually did uh, take a class at the Y. Okay. Uh, I was like, it was, I think it was like the year after. Uh, but yeah, I, learned, I took a class there, and then shoot, a year and a half later, I knew how to swim. Okay. Just football-wise, uh, since y'all broke, uh, what have you been doing to kind of, you know, yep. kick back and then kind of still kind of, you know, get ready to go here? Yeah, I mean, I've been training mm-hmm. a lot, um, trying to, like, stay in shape, get my body right, mm-hmm. and then just still, you know, be, be in the playbook, you know, get that get that down to a T, mm-hmm. and then, you know, hopefully, you know, when, when the camp starts, then everything was going to be rolling. I mean, because we were rolling in OTA, so now, you know, keep that up and, and understand what we're doing in the season and what we're trying to do as a team. So that's what I've been doing this, this little break that we had. So who, who were you working out with? I know I got a tip from Kyle Hamilton's mom. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I was working out uh, back in Austin with uh-huh. uh, Mo Wells and yes. Tim Riley. Okay. And um, it's been me, uh, Michael Parsons, Jamar Chase, and just a lot of different NFL players. <laughs> but okay. we're, we're the, the three that work out a lot. Okay. Like Roshan. Um, but yeah, I've been with them. Okay, with them I know Carson and Chase and Roshan. Who is he? He's the running. He's, he's no, so he was the running back, back in Texas. Texas right. Yep. Okay. 
we've been we've been getting it in. And um, you know, how do you try to manage the expectations? You know, going into it. I know once yeah. y'all get going, it'll be easy to to do the work and everything. Yeah, I mean, for me, like I don't even pay attention to expectations. Um, you know, I know a few books spent a lot out of me. Uh, that's just, that just comes with the game. That's just mm-hmm. part of the game. But for me, like like I've always been saying, you know, my expectations is to please God mm-hmm. on the field. Uh, and, and that's that with me. And um, Kyle's mom told me you wanted to be an actor. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, have you taken any classes or anything? Yeah, I've taken classes. Okay. I've taken classes, uh, like back out of Texas. Okay. And uh, have you checked the scene out here yet? It's too early for you. you know, um, there's a lot of movies getting shot here and yeah, Tyler yeah, yeah. Perry so, and all that stuff. Yeah, I heard, uh, I heard like, obviously, Tyler Perry Studios out here and then Marvel Studios is out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Marvel's, like, my favorite you know, movies here in the ball time, yeah. Okay. So like, I really want to like see that and like really be a part of that, maybe one day. Uh, but yeah, I've heard like a lot of different things, mm-hmm. like Stranger Things, just so many things have been filmed out here. Uh-huh. So that's pretty cool to to be a part of that. Well, that was a pleasant interview. Uh, Bijan is uh, well spoken. Uh, he knows the expectations, and uh, you know, we wrote a story that's out there. That's the fr- part one of the. 90 man roster analysis running backs uh, where, you know, he discussed having almost drowned when he was a youth and then really got into teaching these kids how to use the uh, life jackets and so forth. Also, you know, what was interesting uh, is how he's going to handle the expectations this year. You know, if you've been um, following the coverage, you know, everybody, it's it's almost amazing who they Say he reminds them of from Londadian Tomlinson, Marshall Falk, Barry Sanders, uh, just to name a few. Those are in that article. And I'm like, that's too much pressure to put on somebody. But, uh, you know, heck, if he's close to any of those, that'll be pretty good for the Falcons. Now look like a shrewd move as everybody was questioning them taking a running back that high as the, you know, market has shifted on them. You know, Austin Eckler is also one of the running backs out there that uh, has been very vocal about the running back market and how teams are valuing number three receivers over the running backs. But we saw this coming a few years back. Uh, you know, kind of goes back to Todd Gurley and Ezekiel Elliott and whether the Cowboys should have gave him a second contract, whether the Rams should have gave Gurley one. And, you know, Gurley fell apart physically and finished up here in Atlanta. And then Zeke, you know, at the end last year, was pretty much a third down uh, short yardage back for the Cowboys who has not been re-signed. So one of the big things going into camp every year is the, uh, you know, position battles. You know, the Falcons have had a lot of those here over the last few years, not as many this year. So we kind of had to dig a little bit for the position battles. And, uh, you know, uh, one of them, of course, position battle number one is left guard. We're going to see Matt Hennessy held down that spot over the offseason. And second round pick Troy Bergeron was drafted to come in and compete for that spot. He... uh, there's a converted tackle. There's a transition period there. I don't think you want to rush him out on the field before he's ready. So uh, Hennessy's, uh, you know, has played 41 games, 22 starts, can function there. But if you can see if Bergeron's got the upside, you can see where they'll try to ease him along in there, kind of like they did Dolman and Hennessy at center, and then eventually just went with Dolman last year, uh, and Hennessy went to the valuable backup role. So don't expect them to push Bergeron, but, uh, 
you know, if he's ready to go, they, you know, you got to trust uh, Coach Arthur Smith, former lineman, and uh, offensive line coach Dwayne Ledford in that battle. Now, wide receiver two is the num- number one uh, or the second one for me. Uh, Mac Holland, Scotty Miller, Corderell Hodge, and Frank Darby. Uh, and I just put Darby in there because I want him to play because he's such a good quote. Uh, he's been here. He's fast. You know, let's see if TJ Yates could turn him into a player. You know, Hollins uh, had a good year uh, with the uh, Raiders and Scotty Miller out of uh, Kent State and uh, played for last four years with the Bucks. Shows some deep speed. Uh, certainly could be a good slot guy. Dependable. He's going to be counting on to take the uh, slack of uh, Alameda Sakias, who signed with the Eagles. Now the wild card there is, hey, what do you do with Corderell Patterson? Hey, you got um, Bijan and Algier kind of okay at running back now and not so okay at wide receiver. You know, maybe you move him back out there and let him do his thing, running some underneath routes and, you know, running with the ball after the catch. So wide receiver will be number two. Now, number three for me is the inside linebackers, Caden Ellis, Troy Anderson, and Mikael Walker, who's, you know, played in all 16 games and started. You know, they're, uh, you know, going, you know, hybrid 4-3-3-4, it looks like. So we'll keep an eye on that linebacker spot because they did not sign Rashawn Evans. Second year in a row, the team's leading tackler is not returning. Foyer Ulukan was, you know, he went and got paid in Jacksonville and went to the playoffs last year. So good for him. He's one of the good guys and uh, won a, a good guy award here from uh, from the PW, PFWA group. But uh, Anderson is intriguing because, you know, he was the second-round pick. They took him over to Kobe Dean, and he certainly flashed last year. He showed his athletic ability. Now, you know, was he going to get most of the snaps? Walker's going to um, get in there. Is Caden going to be a gadget guy you use on uh, third downs and pass the move around and so forth like they did in, in New Orleans? So, you know, there are some options there. And then right cornerback's going to be key. We know that they want Jeff Acunda to win that spot, uh, but you have Mikey Hughes and Clark Phillips the third to, you know, push. And if those two guys can't, they're going to be nickels. I think they're going to go to nickel. But if they can't save Akunda, former number three overall pick from the Lions, uh, then you got some options. And, and, you know, then they can even go deeper into the D. Alford and Darren Hall group if, uh, you know, everything falls apart at cornerback. You know, you never have enough cornerbacks. And uh, that position looks a little bit better than it has in years past. Now, it's usually... A special team spot doesn't make the top five position battles, but that's going to be one of them for the Falcons this year with the injury to Avery Williams, the season-ending injury. He's out, and they have some candidates that Coach Smith mentioned. Penny Hart, the former Georgia State standout. Mike Hughes. Josh Ali is uh, one of the uh, punt return candidates. And then I got to flip my screen because I don't have all four of them memorized any at this time. But D offers the other one. So it's Mike Hughes, Clark Phil. Oh, no, that's the Nickelback group. Uh, Nickelback, Mike Hughes, Clark Phillips, D Alford. Then my punt returner group is Mike Hughes, D Alford. Penny Hart and Josh Allen. Those are four that Coach Smith gave us. I haven't gone through everything and looked at who's returned punts and kickoffs 
Gabe did that, I think, when we looked at these four. But I know Carlos Washington, one of the backup running backs, is also a kickoff returner. He's had some kickoff return experience, started his career. Uh, he's from the D.C. area and uh, started his career. I forgot where he started, but he ended up at uh, Louisiana, one of the Louisiana schools, Southeast Louisiana. Those are the five position battles that we're going to go into training camp with. We'll be writing about that early next week. And uh, so that's how. And then, uh, you know, we might change it and <laughs> come up with some more. But that's where we're at right now on the five position battles for training camp. All right, we're going to go to break. This is the Bowtie Chronicles from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach. An air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show streaming now on AJC.com. We're back here from break at the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. I want you to know that the Atlanta Journal-Constitution has a special offer for our podcast listeners. If you subscribe today, you can get three months of unlimited digital access for just 99 cents. That's all of our sports coverage, politics, breaking news, investigations, food and dining, and so much more on AJC.com. Plus access to our e-paper and our assortment of newsletters. So join our community by going to subscribe.ajc.com backslash podcast. That's subscribeajc.com backslash podcast. So you always know what's really going on. Now, if you're following along, you've been reading our eight-part series on our 90-man roster analysis, position-by-position groups. We are done, as we are recording here today, with five of them. Three have been published. Defensive line will hit today or hit on Tuesday. And the linebackers, that's done. Just finished that. Um, That'll go I think it's Thursday. Then uh, follow up with that. The secondary, special teams, and quarterbacks. So we got the running backs. And, you know, that was basically on Bijan and uh, Algier, you know, fine with the competition and so forth. Uh, and, uh, you know, Keith Smith's the fullback. The wide receivers, you know, that that's a revamped room. We talked to uh, wide receiver coach T.J. Yates, and, uh, you know, they got a um, – I, I, I use the lead that uh, they need to give everybody name tags because there's so many new people in there. So the, that's why that's one of the position battles, and we talked a little bit about that. Now, offensive line, when Fontenot and Smith were hired, the line was considered, you know, one of the major areas to overhaul, one of the weakest links. I mean, Matt Ryan was getting smashed. <laughs> they couldn't run the ball. It was it was, it was was ugly. But, you know, this uh, new coaching staff has somehow managed to salvage that line with 
three of the um you know three of the guys that were leftovers you know jake matthews chris lindstrom and uh caleb mcgarry they had to get uh caleb mcgarry up to speed drew dalman's their guy hennessy's a, another holdover that that left guard spot has been problematic you know they tried to start Jalen mayfield there that didn't work they started six different guys last year and got a you know productive and uh drafted bergeron that'd be a long term or a longer term answer there this year so the line which was once a weakness is now a strength and we'll see if it holds up with desmond ritter at quarterback and they can continue to run the ball uh but once you start running it you know, that usually doesn't let up, you know, as long as everybody's healthy and so forth. And then, um, you know, once we moved over to the defensive side of the ball, a lot of money was spent on the defensive line, and there was no uh, happier Falcon uh, than Grady Jarrett. So Grady Jarrett holds down that story. We went out uh, to his fundraiser at Top Golf out in Buford. Nice Top Golf out there. They got a water burger out there and everything. I didn't get one. I'm trying not to um, eat that, eat count, eat eat like that. But um, yeah, the Whataburger crowd. It's one out there, uh, right there, you know, down the street from the um, Mall of Georgia, uh, Top Golf, and uh, I did go to the Starbucks there. It's a nice little setup there. They're building a one of those live play work deals out there. But anyway, let's get back to Grady. He's happy. Daniel Onyemata was signed. Uh, Taquan. Graham was there. He was at Grady's function. He's coming back. He's made it back already. And, of course, Calais Campbell was also signed defensive end. So that defensive front looks a lot stouter. Coach said it's really big. He's got a big front, and he's got fast linebackers, and that's what they wanted to do. They wanted to stop the run. They need the linebackers to cover on third downs and maybe even blitz and get to the quarterback. So it's a revamped personnel group. Up front in the front seven, and they they gotta go together. So you know, linebackers and the and the defensive line will have to play together. You know, Audio Gunder J, Lorenzo Carter's back. You know, Calais is in there. Bud Dupree is uh, was signed also. So Grady's like, hey, there's nothing like having guys that know how to do it. Uh, and he knows how. He said it. He said that he knew how long it took him to get up to speed. So the Falcons, you know, they got some young guys and they got some old guys. They got some veterans that had, that they could play with while they're bringing along these young guys. You know, D'Angelo Malone, Arnold Ebercady, uh, Artie, Artie's been out there playing. And, uh, you know, so he's been sturdy too. So they, um, they have some options. They might even have a rotation now. So, um, and Grady was excited about that. And so the secondary, I'm going to get to that. I touched on it with um, Akunda, the right cornerback, and the nickel. Those are the main issues. They're set at safety as uh, long as everybody's healthy. Uh, Jesse Bates, the big free agent signing, should uh, markedly upgrade the unit. Uh, and I'm expecting Richie Grant to play alongside of him. And then you got Jalen Hawkins as a possible big nickel option and a reserve who could, you know, hold it down on special teams and so forth for you too. So I don't think he's going to come in and, and just give the job to, to uh, Richie. He's going to battle. But uh, Jalen uh, could definitely find a, a role on this team. And, uh, you know, there's some other uh, safeties there too. Let's just look at that real quick here. Uh, behind those main guys, you know, they drafted DeMarco Hallams from uh, Alabama, who's a hybrid. He, th- he can play both. 
and then Clifford Chapman, Lucas Dennis, and uh, Micah Abernathy, you know, direct descendant of Ralph and a uh, longtime civil rights family. Uh, that'll be a, a training camp story for us at some point, you know, especially if he's, you know, he's going to be playing in the exhibition season. And then once we kind of do some reporting and figure out he's going to make the team, that'd be a really good story for us. And so special teams, um, that's going to be hard. The key there is, uh, you know, what, you know, what they're going to do at punt returner. They did have a good year, you know, in the Goslin rankings uh, last year with Marquise Williams. Now the other thing will be replacing Mike Ford, who was the top tackler. So, and then of course, quarterback will be all over that. Desmond Ritter taking over at quarterback, you know, some good stuff out there on, on uh, Dan Orlovsky's Twitter feed about the throws to the middle of the field, his seam throws, and um, those are those are big plays. Those are big beaters. Those are this used to be the cover two beaters. You know, a lot of people still play that double high, and he's going to get a lot of single high safeties with the running attack. So once you get that, you know, I know that was a key to Matt Ryan's early development. With Mike Turner running the ball downhill, he only got he got a lot of single high safeties. All he had to do was find where the safety was and then throw to the other side. And he had Michael Jenkins and Roddy White out there. So you know, that'll be kind of some of the keys for Desmond Ritter. We won't get into that detailed football stuff like that. But uh, that's one of the, the things that's out there. And, uh, you know, just switching over, coming into the season as a starter, that's a uh, Going to be key for Desmond Howard, uh, for Desmond Ritter. I'm sorry, Desmond Howard. That's an old throwback from uh, from my, my, my neighborhood in Cleveland. <laughs> he went on to go to Michigan, win the Heisman, and do a lot of TV stuff. But we're talking Desmond Ritter here. So uh, rankings, these rankings are bizarre because we, we, I think they haven't paid attention to the rebuild. I want to go back and make sure I haven't missed anything. Uh, but, um, you know, ESPN said they the Falcons have uh, they ranked them they ranked them twenty six. PFF had them twenty six two. Was looking for the Outsiders Almanac. It must not be Football Outsiders Almanac. Must not be ready yet. And uh, you know, then the CBS Sports ranked Arthur Smith the twenty ninth coach in the league. And so you know, we take umbrage with those rankings. I don't think. You know, the Falcons are championship ready or anything like that, but I think they're better than 26. And uh, I thought Coach did a great job coaching this team to 7 and 10 uh, the last two years, given the holes that they had, you know, and the way they had to play. They had to play two different styles of ball with Matt Ryan. Was in a lot of games, in 13 games last year with Marcus Mariota. And, um, you know, if you're watching quarterbacks, you saw how, you know, Whenever it was time to win the game, starting from the first game, he always made a mistake. It was like slip rock or something was going to happen bad, a fumble here, a fumble there, a high pass there. Uh, and so he just wasn't a winner. And, and eventually coach moved on from him. He did not in the NFL level. Of course, he won in college and won the Heisman and so forth. But, you know, some people have that that trait to pull things out, uh, not you know, drop the ball with the game on the line. And, and uh, we saw that in those just the first couple episodes of quarterbacks. And uh, there was a certain cameo appearance by one one local writer there cracking jokes about his uh, good performance in Oregon. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, we'll get through the rest of that. And uh, 
we kind of know that he quit on the team, but uh, uh, you know, we'll watch that, and if there's any news, we'll put it up there for you all. So with that, we're going to get on out of here. It's a preview of training camp. Uh, the rookies and the vets reporting. Are people sleeping on the Falcons? We got your little Bijan, um, Bijan uh, uh, Robinson. Uh, then the uh, position by position series. We're hoping you are enjoying that. And uh, it'll end on Sunday with the quarterback story, the quarterback's uh, situation. You know that that's Desmond Ritter, Tyler Heineke, and then uh, also our uh, Logan Woodside. So, you know, that and the rankings, Falcons rated too low. So with that, we're going to get out of here and you all take care and have a great rest of your week. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.